0: Rosh Hashanah Declaring his kingdom When we come to Rosh Hashanah We note What is written in the Sefer Yisod V'shoirash My brothers My friends You know That in the of the Yamim Noraim, The chief theme Is covered Shamayim. Ata Hashem Levadecha Al Kol Maasecha Hashem should reign alone Over all of his works That's our prayer of the day It's the crux of our avoydas, Hayom, the avoid of Rosh Hashanah is Hashem Melech. Hashem is King. Now, the truth is that the Torah does not explain the reason for this important day. About Rosh Hashanah, all it says is Yom tru- Trua Yelachem. It should be a day of Trua, Trua for you. But what this Trua is all about, we don't know. The Torah doesn't tell us that here. We'll soon see, however, that there is a parish on this word trua elsewhere in the Torah. We'll come back to that soon. Now, even though it might not be so evident in the words of the Torah what Rosh, Rosh Hashanah is all about and what trua is meant to teach us, but when you look in the Seder Hatzfilah, you see that it's all malchius. There are other things too, but even the zikronas and the shofras are connected to the first element, the element of Hashem Melech. And so before we even begin, we'll take the time to explain the word Melech. Lashan Kodesh has different ideas about language, about words, that the Umas Oilam have. The nations, when they say king, they mean the person who acquired power. Other good qualities he may have and he may not have. All, is, all it means is that he succeeded in his power grab. He's taken control of a kingdom. But when you look at the word Melech in Lashon Hakodesh, it means more than power, much more than just that. You all remember that one of the daughters of Slavchad was named Milka. Milka was an old Hebrew name from way back. Now it doesn't say Malka, which would mean queen or princess, it says Milka. What does Milka mean? When you turn to the, to the Aram, Aramis, when you turn to Aramis, you see that it means counsel, wisdom, like we find in the Gemara many times. Nimlach, he thought it over. Nimlach is translated as Nisayetz, to take counsel. So the word melech means the one who has etza, wisdom, not merely that he has the power to rule the world, but he knows how to wor- rule the world. Hashem's wisdom, the chochmas Hashem, is the most outstanding form of his malchus. Hashem founded the world with chochma, with wisdom, Mishlei. Now, of course, he founded it with power. No question about that. The creation of the universe from nothing is powerful. Absolutely. But chokhmah is the real explanation of the whole Bria. Koinein Shamayim B'tvuna. He established the heavens with understanding. Every detail in the Bria is filled with infinite wisdom. And therefore, wisdom is the hallmark of creation. The defining trait of the Bria. And so, when we say Hashem Melech, It means much, much more, infinitely more, than the word king, as used by the Umas Our king is not one who gains power, but rather one who deserves power because of his ability to rule with wisdom. The creator is indeed all-powerful, but his endless wisdom in the management of the world is the reason for his title of Hashem Melech, the king of the world. When you go back to the beginning of the history of our nation, when the Am Yisrael stood at the Yamsuf, they made a great declaration. They said a number of things, but we're going to listen to the last thing they said. You know, when you write a star, so you have to be choizet b'shita achroina. To repeat the contents of the documentation, the last line. Like they say in America, what's the bottom line? And what's the bottom line? Lahavdil of the Shiras Hayam the last thing they said was Hashem Yimloich Le'olam void Hashem will reign supreme forever and ever now we also say that every morning every day in Davening we say Hashem will be king forever and ever and we're happy to say it why not it doesn't cost us any money and it could be you read in a Sefer somewhere that saying Az Yosher B'Simcha Will give you a successful day Good Very good You should all have only successful days But we have to understand what those words mean Hashem should reign forever What are we saying it for? We, he needs us to say that He needs our Haskamo Like he needs a hole in my shoe Hashem is a Melech Without our saying it We have to give him a Mishabedach that he should be a king forever? What's that all about? And it's not only there, it's all over. Whatever tefillis we say on this great day of Rosh Hashanah, and we say many, we're always mentioning his malchus. M'loch al kol ha'olam kulo b'kvodecha. Reign over all the world in your glory. You hear that? We're falling on our faces. We're begging him. We're entreating him with tears. Please, Hashem, reign over the world. Doesn't that sound silly? We have to ask him to reign over his works? To our ears, it seems superfluous. We don't have to worry about him. He's in charge of the world without our tefillahs. He needs us to ask him to be king? And the answer is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the world for a purpose. And the purpose is so that mankind should recognize that he reigns over them. And why did he do that? Because he needs men to give him recognition? No. Hashem needs nothing from you. Hashem created men in order to bestow upon them the greatest success that they could possibly achieve. And that's the great achievement of understanding, of knowing implicitly that Hashem Melech, that Hashem reigns over the world. That's our success in this world. Achieving awareness of Hashem as the Melech, the only one with true power, wisdom and kindliness and if we would come into the this world just to understand that theme if we just get into our thick heads that hashem is the king then we've lived successfully and then when our time is up we would go to eternal happiness as a result of having achieved the purpose of our existence and theref- and therefore when we say ata, and you should reign we're not encouraging hashem to be king we're encouraging ourselves to know that he is king. We're asking that Hashem should reign in the minds of men. That he should reign in our minds. We pray that we should recognize that there is one designer for the universe. And that he has one design that stretches from the beginning of creation to the end of history. That's called Malchus. That's a kingdom. It's done with a plan. It's out it's all arranged with a perfect Seder and everything was made for this purpose that mankind should arrive at the understanding that he's in charge and so when we stand in shul tomorrow and we say Hashem you should reign alone on all of your creations you yourself are the creation you're talking about What we're actually saying is that we ourselves are most in need of this supplication. We're asking Hashem to give us success in understanding that. It's not that you're altruistic, that you're concerned about the savages in Central America and they should see that Hashem is king. You're a big sadek standing there all day on the Rosh Hashanah and you're thinking, you should rule over everyone. And you're thinking about the Mexicans and the Scandinavians and the Israelis. No, that's not what, what Rosh Hashanah is about. Now, of course, we wouldn't begrudge them if they also said Hashem Melech. We'd be happy if the Mohammedans and the Noitzrim and the savages of, the, of, the, of interior Central America would also be Mamlik Hashem Melech. And one day they will, no question about it. But you have to be worried most about the interior of yourself. What about you? Charity begins at home. The most important question is, is he in charge of you? That's number one. That's your biggest concern. Yourself. You have to know that Hashem is king. That's what life is. That's what life in this world is about. And that's why the Am Yisrael made that commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the Yamsuf. Hashem yimluch la'olem Vaed. It was a commitment, a neder. It was a shvua they were, take, they were taking. We're proclaiming now that Hashem is our king forever. Not a king in the sense of a mashal, some vague idea, a word in the siddur that means almost nothing at all. He's actually our king, they said. And from now on, we take orders only from him. That was the shvua. We are going to announce always that Hashem melech, And we're going to live our lives according to those two words. And that's our job in this world. To continue that commitment that our fathers and mothers made at the Yamsuf. To proclaim Hashem as king over ourselves all the days of our lives. And all day long. You want a glass of water? Baruch At Hashem. Elokeinu melech haolam. Every time you say a bracha, you mention that. Melech haolam. Melech haolam. He's the king of the world. Kol bracha she'en ain't, ain't a bracha. Any bracha you say, without mentioning the kingship of Hashem, is not a bracha. brachos. It's not something Derech Agav added in. Just something poetic we say, like other nations have kings. So we'll also say we have a king. No, he's the real thing. Hashem melech. Hashem is my king. That's what you have to be getting into your head all the time. Whatever you do, Wherever you are, you're always saying Melech HaOlam We're always putting that idea into our thoughts He's my king All of our lives, we proclaim that Hashem is our Melech There's no nation in the world that does that Nobody is Mamli HaKadosh Baruch Anywhere near to what Am Yisrael does And besides, they have different ideas anyhow They're talking in the wrong direction altogether Mohammedans are not talking to the real Hashem they're talking to a false boy, an imaginary boy, who has chosen this fellow from the desert. That's Muhammad. That's Muhammad that's as his Navi. That's not Hashem. There's no such thing. It's, wrong, it's the wrong address in Gansen completely. So when a Muhammadan gets down on his knees and he's praying with such devotion, ah, you think that's a frum goy? No, he's praying in the opposite direction. His back is to Hashem. And when the knights didn't pray, they're praying to, I don't want to say what, a mamzer, a baser v'adam. All the umas are praying to their false gods. And there's only one nation in the world that is proclaiming Hashem melech. We're the only ones with the right address. We're the one nation who live our lives with Hashem. That's why it says, Moshiva Aron Bikohanov u'shmuel Bikoide. Shemo Moshe and Aaron were among his Kohanim And Shmuel was among those who called out in his name Koyrim el Hashem Buhu Ya'ane They would call out to Hashem And he would answer them Tehillim It's an interesting Pasuk because we don't understand Why these three are mentioned here Why mention Moshe, Aaron And Shmuel Navi together What's the connection between them So we'll explain as follows You know when the Bnei Yisroel saw Mitzrayim chasing behind them. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hashem Yilochim Lachem. From now on, Hashem is going to fight for you. It's not like we think merely a figure of speech. No, this is the real truth. He is your king. From now on, all of your battles will be waged by Hashem. He's your general, your leader, your salvation. He's your everything. And when the Bnei Yisrael sang their song of thanksgiving and said Hashem yimloch lo'lam that they they were actually proclaiming him king we declare you as our king as our hope and you're the one who answers us that's how it was from the time of Moshe and Aaron when Hashem was proclaimed king they recognized Hashem as the king and Him el Hashem they called out to him vehu ya'anim and he answered them and that continued through the entire period of the Shoftim down to Shmuel Navi. Shmuel Navi was the end of that period. After that, things changed. After Shmuel, that great error of and he answered them came to an end. Now what we have to understand is what changed. There were still very great people who came after Shmuel Navi. What was, what was it that happened during this great period of our history between the days of Moshe of Adam B'cho ha, b'cho ha, b'cho ha, b'cho ha, b'cho and Shmuel B'Koydei, Shmo. What changed? So we'll understand as follows. Up until the time of Shmuel anavi navi the Bnei Yisrael didn't even dream of a human king. A human king? Hashem Melech. Hashem is our king. And everybody lived with that truth. If you would ask anyone from the Bnei Yisrael, who is your king? He would say, what kind of a question is that? Hashem Melech. It was just something you said by Davinik. It, was, it wasn't just something you said by Davenik. It was the truth. Everyone understood. Hashem is our king. You remember when they came to Gideon? He was a war hero who had saved B'nai Yisrael from their enemies. And they said to him, We want to make you a leader, a king. So Gidon said, You can't make me king. Hashem is your king. Did you ever hear such words? Now to us it sounds like just words. It sounds good. No. Hashem is your king. It sounds very frum to us. But Gidon but actually meant it. That's how people thought in the good old days of our nation. Hashem Melech. Hashem is our king. But many years later, we find that the people a- asked for a king. In the days of Shmuel HaNavi, at the end of his life, the people came to him and said, We want a king over us now like the other nations have. Shmuel. Now that was already a big change. A big change in attitude. Asking for a king. Who asks for a king when there's already a king sitting on the throne? Ooh, said Hashem. You're asking for a human king now? At that point in our history, the Bnei Yisrael lost Hashem as their king. He doesn't show himself. Of course, Hashem is still there. He's still the Melech HaOlam, But now, he's hiding. It's Hester Ponim. He's behind the the scenes. Because if you don't recognize that he's the king, if you're asking for a king, then something is very wrong. Of course, they said, we know Hashem is our king, but we want also a human king, someone who sits on a throne, someone whom we can see. But what it really meant was that they didn't know that Hashem is Melech. They could say the words just like we say them, just like we can say them, but they didn't feel it they felt it much, much more than we do. But it was a change. And for the Am Yisrael, that was a tragedy. Because that's the purpose of life. To know that Hashem is our King. And to know it so fundamentally, so clearly, that you don't even think about a human king. In Masechet Rosh Hashanah, the Gemara tells us the different songs that the Levim used to sing in the Beis HaMikdash on the different days of the week. And it says there that Bashishi on the sixth day of the week, the Leviim in the base HaMikdash used to sing the capital that begins, Hashem reigns, and He is clothed in majesty. Now why did they choose that for the sixth day? That's the question the Gemara asks. The Gemara says, because on the sixth day, Hashem completed His work of creating the universe, and He ruled over them. Over them means over all of the things that He created. So when he created all these things, that was when Hashem Malach would lavish. That's when he put on his robes of royalty and began his reign. It was only on the sixth day when man was created and the creation of the universe was completed that Hashem became king. Now we know that's not true. Absolutely not. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Hashem Melech Olam Va'ed. He is the king forever. Abdu goyim me'artsoh even though all the nations would disappear from his world, he's still the king, To Hillel, That's because he doesn't need anyone to make him the king. You know, a human king becomes a ruler if somebody, let's say, one of the chief barons approaches him in the name of all the nobility and he bestows upon the king a belt of royalty, a scepter, or some other sign of royalty. But if he doesn't have a people that say he's the king, then he's not a king. But a Baruch is not that type of king. He is essentially a Melech. He's intrinsically a king. And that's actually what our Pasuk says. Hashem Malach, Hashem reigned, Geud Lavesh. He is clothed in majesty. But not the majesty that people put on him. Lavish Hashem Oz. Hashem Baruch. Hakadosh Baruch is clothed with a strength. Hitazar, that he girded himself. Hitazar is reflexive. It means he girded himself with strength. He didn't need anyone else to make him a king. So we must understand, therefore, the Gemara, what the Gemara means by telling us that when he finished the creation of the universe on the sixth day, then Hashem Malach—that's when he became the king. What does that mean? It's not true. He was always king. From this Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, we see that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not interested merely in being a king, for that he didn't for that he didn't need to create the world. He was the king before he created the world and he'll be king forever. Even if the world would be destroyed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, however, is very much interested in being king over us. How much is he interested? It's impossible for us to express how greatly interested he is that there should be someone to see, to realize, to recognize that he is a king. Now don't make a mistake. That's not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is interested in the applause in the acclaim of humanity as mentioned a number of times here all of humanity to our is no more than all the bacteria in this rug right here if all the millions of bacteria in this rug would applaud would all applaud one of us sitting here that man wouldn't be tickled at all it wouldn't mean a thing to him and that's as much as hashem needs to the acclaim of humanity so why does a Baruch Hu seek to have mankind recognize his kingship? We'll explain this by means of an important principle that we've said here before. We say in our Lishmo. The, the good one created all this glory for his name. Hashem is called the good one. And it says here that he created all of this glory for his name. All of the kindliness we see in this world, the good one created for his name to glorify himself. The question is, if he created everything for the glory of his name. So it's no sign at all that he's a good one. When a man does things for somebody else's benefit, but not to be recognized, that's, that's when you can say he's a good one. But when someone performs deeds of kindliness, but his motives is to be, his motive is to be recognized, so how could you call him the good one? And yet, that's what it says there. Tov Yatsar, The good one. That's Hashem. Created everything. That's Hashem. Created everything. Kabod Lishmo. For the purpose of bringing glory to His name. It's a contradiction. If He did this because He is good. If He made this universe because He is kind and benevolent. Then He didn't do it. He didn't do it to glorify His name. But it says there. That the purpose is for His glory. So why do we call Him the good one? The answer is that there is no paradox. Both principles are true. And that's because the greatest good, which can be bestowed on anybody, the greatest benevolence, which can be bestowed on any man, is if you make him aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the greatest perfection of a man. The more he is aware, the more he feels he's standing in the presence of the King, the more perfection that man has acquired, and the greater he is. There's nothing higher in life. <speaking> The greatest and the highest of wisdom is for a man to feel the presence of Hashem. There's no question that the good one is bestowing good things upon us. He certainly is bestowing millions of benefits on mankind because in this world, there are all kinds of happiness, all kinds of good things we're enjoying. But all of them have one common purpose, kavod lishmo, to bring us to recognize the creator and that is the highest good of all. And that's what it means when it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu completed all of creation on the sixth day. Umalach Alehen. And that's when he ruled over them. Because the kingship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is demonstrated by means of what is seen in the, wor- in the world. Of course, he was always king. But the purpose of the creation of the world, or everything in the world, is to announce to mankind that there is a creator. Now let's get that into our heads, the fundamental purpose of all the things in the world is to demonstrate that somebody with a capital S made them. That's important because it's the foundation of understanding all of reality. Whatever you see in this world has the purpose of making you aware of the Creator. All day long, wherever you turn, whatever you see, you should be seeing and saying, Hashem Melech. Only that it's not as simple as it sounds. It's difficult sometimes to recognize Hashem in this world because there are so many things that distract us. Hashem put the love of the world into men's hearts so that people should discover the work of creation that he made from beginning to end. Kohelas. It's all his, but it takes some effort to see him. Hashem didn't want us to see That he's everything in this world. That's too easy. It wouldn't be a test for us. So he puts into this world bicycles for children. He puts automobiles for grown-ups. He puts good times and he puts food. He puts marriage and children and money. All the things. Some of them mitzvahs. Some not. Whatever it is, people are busy all the time. Parnassa ambition, making a living. Entertainment, this and that. Streets and cities and newspapers and neighbors and bungalows. Everything in the world is working in order that people should get their minds off of a Kadosh Baruch. Hu. Now I'll explain that a little more, a little more deeply. You remember when Hashem created the world? He said, he said Yihi Or, let there be light. And there was light. Vayi Erev, And as the earth revolved, there was night and day. The earth turned toward the light, towards the light, and away from the light. And that's how there was day and night. Now where did that light come from? Did it come from the sun? No. There was no sun yet. So where did it come from? It had to be coming from somewhere. If the earth's revolution was causing day and night. So what was the source of this light? And the answer is that it came from, that it came me'in. It came from nothing. It came from Hashem yesh me'ain. Light is energy, you know. It came from Hashem's energy. Aleph Lamed, kel, means energy. Hashem said, let light start pouring out of this world and light poured forth. It was light emanating, streaming forth from a certain point, but without a source. There was no sun yet. Now had we been around at that time, we would have been impressed by that great lesson. Where does light come from? Light comes from Hashem. If we could have been there, at that time, before the sun existed, we would have become aware of Hashem, like nobody's business. Look, the light comes directly from Hashem. There's nothing There's nothing else except Hashem. He's the power of the world. Aleph, Lamed. He is the Kale. He is energy. He is the source of all energy. That would have been a tremendous achievement of awareness that Hashem Melech, that would have been a Rosh Hashanah to remember. And then what happened? Four days later, Hashem created the sun and brought darkness to the world. Now the sun seems to us a great gift because it illuminates the world. Every day the sun pours forth forth millions of tons of horsepower of energy in the form of light onto this earth. That's what's keeping the world functioning. We can only see because of the sun. We live because of the sun. But the truth is, the sun darkens the world. The sun constantly conceals the truth because now you're looking at the sun and you think the sun is the one that gives us the light and that's the great deception, the great sheker of the sun. The sun has no light. It's only HaKalosh Baruch Hu using the sun as a lantern. It's still his energy. Only that now, instead of seeing energy coming from space without any cause except Hashem himself, we're deceived into thinking it's coming from the sun. And what happens as a result? As a result, millions of people worship the sun instead of worshiping Hashem. And even we, Lahavdil, we don't worship the sun. But when we, when we see the sun, we think it's the sun that produces the light. We know that the sun has thermonuclear processes. We know all about it. It's like an atom bomb exploding constantly. A hydrogen bomb exploding over and over again, producing energy that comes down here in the form of light energy. We know all about it. We think we know. But it's all a deception. It's only an excuse not to see the truth. The real truth was before the sun. And that's why when we say the bracha of Yotzer Or in the morning, so we're in the middle of praising Hashem for the creation of the luminaries. And right there in the middle of praising, we interrupt with something that seems out of place. We're talking about the great creation of the luminaries. We're thanking Him for creating the sun. And then all of a sudden, we're asking Him to have pity on us. Hashem, the Eternal One, with your abundant compassion, have compassion upon us. It's a puzzle. While we're thanking for the sun, and the moon, and for the light, we say, rachem, rachem Aleinu, have pity on us? It's a big kasha. It's something that bothered me for years. If we're saying to tefillis, we're asking for our benefit. All right, so Rachem Aleinu fits in. But this is hoda. We're thanking Hashem for the me'oirois. When you're praising Hashem for giving us luminaries, that's no place smack in the middle to ask for Rachmanas for pity. It's a non sequitur. It doesn't belong. So we'll say the parish is like this. We're recognizing the greatness of the sun. We're appreciating the light of the sun. Ah, what a beautiful sun it is. How sweet is the light. How good is it for the eyes to see the sun? Ah, a pleasure to have a sun that gives us light and warmth. But at the same time, while we're saying these words we remember that there's still a great sakana there. Because when we look at the sun, it's so easy to forget that we're seeing nothing except for Hashem. It's easy to think that it's the sun that's giving us light. And therefore we say to Hashem, Elokei olam b'rachamecha we're looking at nature and we're thanking you for the sun that gives us light, that allows us to see everything. But please help us, Hashem, that we shouldn't be deceived. We shouldn't think that it's nature. It's the sun that's giving us light. No, it's all you. You created the sun. We say it with our mouths during davening, but then we go outside and the sun is shining away, warming us all by itself. Oh no, that's a terrible thing to think. That's the greatest contradiction to Hashem Melech. The sun has no power to do anything by itself. The light of the sun is nothing at all. Kihu levado. He himself does all these things. There's no nature, no sun, or all the wonderful things we see. It's only a reminder that Hashem Melech. As miraculous as all these things seem to be, it seems to be so perfectly constructed that the elements in nature can give you life and give you all the things you need. But it's an isayun. It's a darkness and a deception. It's only you, Hashem. Rachem alenu. You should have pity on us. You should help us. We live in a world with such great manifestations of Hashem's presence. The sun, the moon, all of nature is opportunities to recognize Him and His great kindness. But we walk through life like we're, we're asleep, like dumbbells. And we don't want to be dumbbells. So we say, Have pity on us. We're asking that we should understand that it's you who gives light. Please Hashem, we don't want to waste our lives. We beg of you Hashem, have pity on us that we should not make that the mistake of thinking. It's the sun. The sun doesn't help us at all. You are warming us. You are giving us light. Help us, because we're being deceived into thinking that you're not the Melech. And therefore, it's so important to be able to look through the world and not be deceived by it. Yoshev beseter Elyon. The Most High, He dwells in secret. Hashem is operating in secret. Everything seems to be working on its own. Hashem created things that they should continue to do on their own. From now on, it seems like the world is running on its own. The sun comes up, it goes down. It comes up. The rain cycle, the water evaporates from the ocean. The wind blows the clouds over land, it rains. The water runs back into the oceans and the cycle starts again. It's Las. The world runs on its own. Nothing doing. It's only a dream. It's imagination. Hashem is doing everything. Hashem melech. And don't think Hashem stopped that he gave it over to nature and he retired from the field. He's there all the time. Only that instead of seeing him openly, you're being deceived by nature. And our job is to open our eyes. The Malachim, their eyes are open right now. And they say, The world is filled with his glory because they see right now the truth. But we don't. We're deceived by nature. And therefore we say, The time should come when his glory will fill the world and then everybody will see that you are the one who is in the world. Nothing else. Ein od milvadoi. There's nothing else except Hashem. Hashem melech, and nothing else is anything. And now we come back to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the opportunity to review and to renew in our minds this important principle. So every time you say Hashem melech, you're not merely repeating a pizmon from the Machzor. you're saying the Yisod Ayesoidus. Every Hashem Melech is a new opportunity to implant in your mind the conviction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem Yudkei Vavkei He is the wisdom of the world. He is the kindliness of the world. And the entire world is nothing but the world that came out of His mouth. There's no world. The world is nothing but the Dvar Hashem. But That's why Yudkei Vavke is used. He's the one who said, Yehi, it should be. And the world came out of nothing. The entire world is nothing but the word of Hashem. And therefore on Rosh Hashanah all we speak about is the most important fact in the world. The Yisod HaYisodos, that Hashem is the king and that there is no other force, no other power beside for him. And now we can understand the answer to a big question that has bothered many people. Why is it that Yom Kippur comes after Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin. We're being judged. It's a great Sakana, Rosh Hashanah. It's a time when our Baruch Hu inscribes us L'chaim, or whatever else there is. Some are the v'nechtam. Their fate is sealed on this day. And we're not ready to be judged. It's frightening because we are going to be judged according to what we are. And we didn't make enough to teshuva yet. So wouldn't it be worthwhile, worthwhile if we instead, if instead of talking about Malchus Hashem all day, Rosh Hashanah, we would spend the day saying, forgive us for this, for this sin, and for that sin, and for this sin. At least you're taking one sin off the scale. And as the side of Choyvus becomes lighter, the side of Zechuyus becomes greater. You could save your life on Rosh Hashanah by means of al So how could we waste time on Rosh Hashanah on talking about Malchus Hashem saying Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech all day long when we're we're in the greatest danger. If on Rosh Hashanah the the Chovah side the side of accusation is heavier then you won't get a second chance. So we should spend time on Rosh Hashanah saying Alchet Shechatanu Lepanecha. That seems to us the most sensible way. In a time of danger, you have to throw overboard all the ballast so the ships shouldn't sink. We have to throw overboard whatever sins we can and save ourselves. Or at least we should have Yom Kippur before Rosh Hashanah. We would say vidui and do Teshuvah all day long and have the, the Aserah made teshuva, And then when Rosh Hashanah finally comes, we're already cleansed of all of our sins. That's how it should be. Yom Kippur should come earlier than Rosh Hashanah. But no, we postpone Teshuvah until later, until after Yom Adin. And instead of saying Al Chet on Rosh Hashanah, we're busy saying, Hashem levadecha. We're praying that you, Hashem, become our king. It's a big kasha. And the answer is, that proclaiming Hashem as king is the biggest Teshuvah you can make. On the Rosh Hashanah you have to do Teshuvah. And what's the greatest teshuva? We don't say alchet shachatano ulfanecha on Rosh Hashanah. We don't enumerate this chait and that chait because there's one big chait. That's one overall failure of mankind that must be rectified on Rosh Hashanah before anything else. And that's the failure—the failure to recognize that Hashem yimloich le'olam vay. And that means that saying Hashem Melech is the most important form of teshuva, And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu will consider most when he thinks about our fate for the year to come. The biggest teshuva is the knowledge that there's nothing in the world. It's all a deception. Money, cars, houses, even children. Everything in this world is a deception. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only entity that exists in the world. And therefore, On this day, we remind ourselves, we engrave into our minds that He is everything, that Hashem Melech. And that is the greatest zechus we can accomplish on Rosh Hashanah to become aware that He is our King. That's the most necessary, the most essential form of repentance. And that's why we forego all other forms of atonement and asking for forgiveness. And we concentrate only on this alone. Now when we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, the shofar is saying, Uru Yishenin, wake up you sleepers, wake up for what? Now we could say, wake up and remember this, wake up and think about that. We could have said that. But what we're saying now, is that fundamentally, what the shofar is really saying is, wake up and think about Hashem Melech. Wake up and think what we spoke about here tonight. That's why we blow the shofar. Ala Elokim Betruah." Hashem ascends in the sound of the trumpet. He ascends. How does he ascend? We make him greater. A little man on this earth takes a ram and he saws off its horn and stands below in a little shul and he gives a blow. Toot, toot, toot. And Hashem becomes elevated thereby, the creator of the universe who created billions of star worlds in which this earth is a speck of dust. And because of one human being, or a thousand or even a million human beings Blow on the shofar So he's exalted now? If you remember I said in the beginning of the lecture That we would find the fundamental parish On why Rosh Hashanah is called Yom Trua. By looking somewhere else in the Torah Now I know the meforshim say Many kavanas For Tekiyah Shofar And in the Machzor I'm sure you'll find A number of explanations for why we blow shofar But it's actually Our old friend Bilam who came and explained the Pasuk, Yom Trua Yelachem? It should be a day of blowing for you. When Bilam spoke B'Nevuah about the Amisrol, he said, U truat and the shouting, a blowing, for the king is among them, Bamidbar. What is our trua? It's a truas melech, a shouting for our king. So what is meant when we say Allah elokim betrua? The answer is. That Hashem is exalted in our minds by means of our announcing His kingship. He is elevated in the minds of mankind when they announce His sovereignty by blowing the shofar. That was the practice in the olden days when a king began His reign. It was announced by the blowing of trumpets. And on Rosh Hashanah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu announced as the Melech. That's the purpose of the shofar. To remind ourselves that Hashem is the king. And so the chauffeur comes along on the Rosh Hashanah and blows. Toot toot, wake up you sleepers. Wake up, it's Rosh Hashanah. What should we wake up about? Al Khait? No, there's no long list of Al chaits. Today, we're worried about the big Khait, Not this little Khait and that little Khait. You'll worry about that later. There'll be a time for that during the Yasser HaSimei Teshuvah and on Yom Kippur. All of our little Khait Chataim, are minor things. They're all told, told us. They're all results of the one big chet. And today we're dealing with the with the big one. And that's forgetting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Forgetting that he's the king. And so all day long we stand on our feet and shout, HaShem Melech, HaShem Malach, HaShem Yimloich LaOilam Vaid. He'll forever be the king. No matter how many things are in the world that might make you forget about him. And therefore... The more a person gets into his blood, the spirit of Hashem yimloch Lolam Vayed, the more he deserves to live. That's the sod of life on Rosh Hashanah. The secret of another year of life is to get Hashem melech into your blood because Hashem wishes us to continue this career of proclaiming his kingship. That's what life is for. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah comes to recharge the batteries and to give us the awareness that we need for that we need for all year long. And that's why we should labor all day long thinking about Aqadersh Baruch Hu as the Melech HaOilam So as you stand in Shul on Rosh Hashanah and the Baal Tokea is blowing th- think, number one is Hashem Melech. We're announcing the reign of Akadhaj Baruch. Hu. That's what has to get into our heads. Now isn't it a pity? A lot of people come on Rosh Hashanah to the synagogue and never once think of this principle which Rosh Hashanah represents. A thousand other things you'll think about. But not the ikkar And it's such an important principle it's so essential that we think about it because a man's judgment on Rosh Hashanah depends on his realization of this principle. Now it says in the Torah When there comes a war in your land and you have to fight against the invaders so you should blow shofar and Hashem will hear then you it, is all, it also says, On the days when you come together to rejoice, you'll also blow shofar. What is this shofar? That it has two different purposes. One for crying out, for help, and one for rejoicing. We're saying two things here, and both are one. We call out to our Kaddosh Baruch Hu for help all day long. We say to Hashem, please Hashem save us, heal us from our illnesses. But help us have a parnassah so we should have something to eat. We're crying out to Hashem all day long because we by crying out to him, we are declaring him our Melech, the shofar. That you use in, in, in a time of Sarah, Khalila, to cry out for help. That shofar means we don't go to anyone else. Even though we have an army, even though we have weapons. No, it's nothing. It's only you, Hashem. You are the one who leads us into battle. When we cry out with the shofar against our enemies, we are declaring that we have no outlook for any kind of help except from, from you alone. Ein lanu melech el ata. And that's why when the Jews were in the concentration camps, when some were going to their deaths, the good ones didn't forget. The ones who forgot that Hashem is melech The ones who were not from before, or who were not from enough, they saw Nazis, they saw fires, they saw a concentration camp, they saw tortures, tortures, but they didn't see Hashem. But the frumo, the good ones always said, Hashem melech, all this is bluff, they said. It doesn't cause us for a moment to forget the truth. And the truth is, Hashem is in control of everything. And out of this darkness comes our success. When even in the midst of all this darkness, we recognize the truth of Hashem. Now, suppose you're successful in your, in our, our, now, suppose we're successful in our lives. You took in your crops. You harvested your field. You have wine. You have oil. You have plenty of tavuah. You're happy. So now you come together on Yom Tov to celebrate. Chag Ha'asif. Chag Abikurim. You have to blow the shofar. On the yom we blow the shofar. Why blow then? Same thing. To show that it comes from you. It comes from you. We blow the shofar to say, you're the king. Here, you have a farmer who worked all summer. He plowed the field. He planted. He worked really hard. He harvested. He threshed the grain. He winnowed it. He ground it. And now, after it's all over, he has in front of him a piece of bread on the table. What does he say? He says, Baruch atah Hashem, Elokeinu melech ha'olam, ha'moichi lechem min ha'aretz. You're the one who did it. I didn't do anything. All our labor is nothing. It's all you. So biyom Chem, when you blow shofar and say, Hashem melech, you're announcing that all of your happiness... All of your success comes only from Hashem. All that is included in Truas Melech, announcing Hashem as king. And even when a man goes to his wedding, ah, it's a sasun v'simcha. He's drunk with happiness. Everybody's dancing and singing. The orchestra is playing. It's all nothing. Hashem Melech, don't forget Hashem for one moment. He is right there next to you, between you and the kala. He's there. Don't forget about him. Nothing in this world should make you forget about him. So that's what Billam said. Utruas, Melech. It's a nation that is always talking about Hashem, their king. They're always shouting for him. You understand that from Jews live by the Shulchan Aruch. But you have to know that the higher Shulchan Aruch is written in the Chumash. The Shulchan Aruch is only a perish on the Chumash. So the first of all of our obligations is to think about what it says in the Chumash bara That's number one. Now, that's so important that it cannot be overemphasized. People fall into the habit of forgetting. They're thinking about this halacha, this sudya. They're thinking only about the details. And after a while, they forget Hashem Melech. We have to understand that. It's really good to be from. Wear your tzitzis out. Beautiful. Wear black hats. Excellent. Wear payas. Be Mikaim mitzvahs. Very good, very good. But you have to know that the number one requirement of Yehudi is that he's thinking about Hashem. You should try it once in a while. Once in a while, think about Hashem. Little by little, you might think a little, a little more about Him. Get into the habit of keeping your mind as much as possible on Hashem. You start with a minute or two. You have to exercise your thinking muscles with one minute or two minutes. It's not easy but that's the most important endeavor that we are expected to achieve in this life. That's the first Shulchan Aruch of, of all. And Bilaam said that this is the power of the Am soil. Hashem, Hashem, their God, is with them. Do you know why? Because it's only because they are always proclaiming him king. We read it. We read in the story of David Melech that a certain wise woman once said to him, that he should be ha-chayim et Hashem You should be in the bind of life together with Hashem. What does that mean? Bound with Hashem. It has two meanings. One is when a person is bonded to Hashem in his thoughts. He thinks about Hashem all his life. During his day in the streets, when he's at work, in the yeshiva, where he's learning at home. When he gets up and when he goes to sleep, he's thinking about Hashem. And the more he does, The more he does it, the more he's bonded in the bundle together with Hashem. Hashem is going to continue, and he'll continue with him. That's how she gave him a bracha. With Hashem Elokecha, your nefesh, your soul, your life should be bound up. And because you're loyal and devoted to Hashem, Hashem wants you to continue. He'll, He'll protect you again and again. And so when people look forward to the ensuing year and they are thinking, what program, what resolution should I adopt that would cause me to find favor in the eyes of Hashem and make me deserving of another chance? This is what they should think about first. Every year we ask for another chance. And now we understand that if we look forward to a career of divakas, of thinking about Hashem, of keeping Hashem in our our minds as much as possible, then we have... then we have a certain bargaining card with Hashem. We could tell Him, please HaKadosh Baruch hu, we are going to be av, avoidim, hu, Avodim who recognize your malchus. We're going to declare Hashem Melech throughout the year. Not merely by saying the words, but by living in, con- in consonance with the principle that Hashem is everything. And then we'll be living for a purpose. That's a life worth living. There's another meaning of sror hachayim, ha- However, a much more important meaning. Nobody lives forever. And in the world to come, this blessing is of utmost importance. The Gemara says, There's no eating or drinking. What is the happiness, the great ecstasy that Hashem promises to those who are loyal to Him? So it says there, birash they will sit in the next world with crowns on their heads. The Rambam says the crowns are the das, the awareness of Hashem that they gained in this world. You hear that? You'll have a crown on your head. That's the das that you gained by thinking about Hashem in this world. miziv You will enjoy the splendor of the shechina. So to be together with Hashem and to enjoy the ecstasy of that closeness, that's a happiness that's forever and ever. There is no greater happiness. Even Hashem himself cannot make a greater happiness because Hashem cannot make anything greater than he is. And therefore, that was part of her blessing, that you should be et Hashem together with Hashem forever in the world to come. So Rosh Hashanah is not only for the coming year. Many times Rosh Hashanah is a day that has ramifications for one's whole life. But not only this life. It has to do with the next world too. And so when you blow a shofar. And you're thinking. "Utruat melech bo, It's a proclamation that Hashem is our Melech. All our hopes are on Him. All our loyalty is to Him. And if you say that. Then Hashem says. If so. Then you're going to be with me forever and ever. Ani Hashem lo shaniti. I Hashem never changed vatem ben Lo and you too will never come to an end you make me your king in this world and i'll be with you forever in this world and in the world to come leshanatova tikatevu otichatevu